Rob and Cigar Store Idiots. You may be asking yourself what Moonwalker Delta 8 is. Moonwalker is the industry leader in Delta 8 THC products, an emerging category pushing the boundaries of the cannabis plant. By expertly combining terpenes with complementary flavors, Moonwalker represents the absolute pinnacle of Delta 8 THC products, all engineered for pure bliss and joy. If you have any questions or concerns about the legality of Delta 8, please feel free to visit moonwalker.com backslash pages backslash legal. Thank you, sir. May I have another? Thank you, sir. May I have another? Thank you, sir. May I have another? Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Cigar Store Idiots. I am Rob, and I have with me you, sir, R. Jason. You, sir, R. PJ Broom. And our very special guest, you, sir, please introduce yourself. Carlos Catania. How are you, sir? Doing well today. Good, man. It's so good to see you. It's good to have you guys in here. So um, how was the seminar? Seminar was good. It's always great when Carlos comes down. Good deal. Yeah, I got my head dribbled off the floor. You did? Mm Mm-hmm. Yep, sure did. How many fingers am I holding up? Oh, no. <laughs> that's good. So, being the uki for Carlos is always an interesting experience. It's always entertaining when someone else is the uki. I yeah. gotcha. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so that's uh, mm-hmm. you take that on every time Carlos comes to town. Uh, no, this was my first time. The first time <laughs> yeah. he came, first usually last, it's me. first last. Yeah, time. yeah. Usually it's me. First time, time I came, I had a blown out knee, and the last time I got lucky yeah. and didn't get picked at all. But yeah. this time. I don't know. I guess I was sitting too close to the center of the room or something. I don't know what it was. You should but, be be like me. Be one of those guys that says, I got to go to the bathroom. I'll be right back. Yeah, I was, you know, it wasn't a big deal until I was out there being the Uki and he was about to show a new move on me and I had a hoodie on. I yeah. like it to be like miserably hot when I train. Mm-hmm. And he just grabs my hoodie and flips it off my head. And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be bad. I don't know what he's going to do, but he had to move my hoodie so yeah. everybody could see the look on my face, yeah. I guess. Oh, it's, it's, it's a good thing you didn't choke him with his hoodie. So <laughs> I there's stories. Yeah. I I heard, I've heard <laughs> that stories cool. of that happening. So, yeah. <laughs> So, uh, Carlos, if you would, uh, before we get into to everything, uh, tell everybody a little bit about you real quick, and Sorry. we're going to do our What the Florida moment. Oh, no. I got a good one. There you go. Um, my name is Carlos Catania. I, um, I've been doing jiu-jitsu for 26 years. I started back in 1996 with Hoyler Gracie, and then uh, I had two coaches for the rest of my life. It's Hoyler Gracie and Sergio Pena, the, who's a coral belt. Um. I've been very lucky and blessed over the years. I'm a fourth-degree black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I, in a year and a half from now, I'm going to be a fifth degree. Awesome. So I think a fourth degree is only a hundred of us in the United States. What and kind I think of goes down to thirty? Yes, yeah, it's, it's very. It's, yeah, it's, there's it's, not many. Yeah, yeah. yeah. fifth degrees. There's very little. So, so every everybody that's listening, and we talk about fourth degree, fifth degree uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Can you give people an idea of 
the real time it takes to put in to achieve that. Because I think a lot of people get sucked into these other martial arts schools. Well, last time we were on the show, we kind of sh- we kind of shit on some other martial arts a little uh, bit. So, uh, why are we doing this? We're, we're, I'm not going to well, talk about well, choking anybody with their ponytail today. Uh, so we were getting on this last time, and there's like a lot of martial arts where you can get black belts when you're eight years old. Yeah. And jujitsu, you can't even get a black belt till you're 19. But once you get a black belt, you can't get your first degree until you've had a black belt for three years. So your first four degrees are three years apart. Yep. And then it upgrades. Then three years, then five years. Yeah. So when you go to four to your fourth degree to your fifth degree, it's five years apart. But then it's but it's not just you just can't be a black belt. You have to be an actively practicing. It's it's not like, oh, you're a nice guy and you pay your dues on time. Let's go ahead and promote you. Right. If you don't come to class, you're not you're not getting promoted. So yeah, but it's way different. It's way different than traditional other traditional martial arts where you can where you get a test every year. Yeah, and you can get promoted every single year, every eight months. More importantly, a test fee. I just want to know. I just I just want to know when you guys are going to start taking the photos with the dragons behind your back and the fire oh. circling around. The, <laughs> yeah. I just hope that none of the kids that I teach hear any of this because they're going to be like, "Hey, so uh, God, I hope the dragons." Yeah, when are yeah. we going to get the dragon pictures? <laughs> Rob the said dragons. <laughs> so, and, and and on your question, I it's a journey. It's, it a, is. it's a long journey. I, it took me eight years, eight and a half years to get my black belt. I think it was a little more difficult back then. The game has changed a lot. A lot of people train a lot longer and fastly. If you're doing five days a week, it's what you put into it. Mm-hmm. So you might get to a black belt on a faster pace and back in, That's still in really, our days. Eight years is still yeah. really fast. Well, also, yeah. it's a lot eight more super fast. It's a lot more available now, too. Like, there's I a would, jiu-jitsu school in every town now. I would say, I would say eight, eight to ten years is probably like the average journey but eight mm-hmm. years is really fast tracked for white to black belt. Like a, if you're, a, if especially you're, at that time, if you're really good, you get your black belt in eight years. And and one of the crazy parts about it for me is that I've been a black belt for sixteen years. Yeah, that's, that's more than that's, that's more that's than people's all, career. You know exactly. what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. It kind of just shows how old I am. But, uh, <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's, I mean, I was a purple belt for seven years. That is yeah. insane. Yeah. <laughs> insane. I but imagine if you're a black belt and you're rolling with a purple belt. He's not telling you he's been doing it for seven years. Right. right. He's beating your butt. You're like, what's going on around here? You being a black belt shows, you know, you like to say it shows how old you are, but Jason being a purple belt for seven years just shows how defiant he is. (laughs) 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 Well, uh, what I want to do real quick before we get any further, uh, I don't want to do any uh, unjust and make sure that uh, Carlos gets the full treatment here. So let's go ahead and get into this. Oh, my goodness. I hate on the live stream, everybody misses all the music and stuff. So Today's What the Florida, we're going to take you to Florida man attempts to steal a truck. Not only did he try to steal a truck, but it was a truck full of police officers. <laughs> uh, Newport Ritchie, a man was arrested after attempting to burglarize an unmarked Pasco County Sheriff's vehicle. Stephen, this is really his name, <laughs> Titlin. Oh, is a 49-year-old Florida man in this case. Um, He was walking around in a parking lot and just kind of decided that he wanted to, uh, he liked the vehicle that he was looking at, and he was going to take it. So he pulled on the door handle. The door was locked. Walked to the other side, pulled on it. The door was locked. He started to walk away and heard it click. So he thought, oh, it's unlocked. So he goes back, pulls it open, and when he opens it up, 
he finds out that it was occupied a uh, Pasco County Sheriff's Star Team, which is a was their drug task force. <laughs> Uh, he did not. We got up, one, boys. Believe it or not, <laughs> believe it or not, he did not even put up a fight, and uh, he went ahead and uh, went to jail accordingly. So, mm. uh, intelligence analysis observed similarities between uh, Trinity Oaks suspect from the day before. Uh, this idiot uh, property crimes uh, in the area were on the rise, and so it was a perfect spot for uh, the star uh, officers to set up shop and catch the person that was breaking into vehicles. So. God have mercy. What an idiot. Well, okay, he's doing it, and you said he didn't fight. No, no I mean, he, he probably opened the door and been like, damn, y'all are good. Yeah. <laughs> That's crucial. He was, like, <laughs> he was like, does one of y'all have any matches? <laughs> oh, my yeah. No, but we have a match and bracelets for you to wear. So, yeah, so there's, dude. Our, there's our what the Florida moment. Um, I want to get back into training in jiu-jitsu. I would like to know, um, since you've been in the game for so long and you've trained – with so many different folks and the things that you've done, what is the differences in jujitsu back in the day? We call it back in the day, like back in 96 yeah. when you started back in the nineties. So what is it, what is the changes in jujitsu as you've noticed from back in the day as, as the current now that we're, we're seeing that <clears throat> the game has changed in, in a way that back in the days, old, old school jujitsu, you, you would go to a school and you learn three moves and you sit there for an hour or more just doing three moves now it seems like it's a little watered down a little bit maybe mm-hmm. and um you got kids coming in that are paying and they'll do a move and do it two times and sit there and look at you like i'm ready for the next move mm. and i'm like i should supposed to teach three moves in an hour you're not going to get that much more out of it right but they'll sit there do the move do it two three times and then look at you ready for the next move yeah yeah that's crazy and i know jason you you wouldn't put up with that no, I wouldn't. But do, a, a, a lot of school, a lot of a lot of schools do it for money for a week. Sure, yep. and yeah, and it becomes very commercialized. Mm-hmm. And I think they'll they'll put up with it just because the money's coming in. Right. My style, I don't put up with it. Yeah, but I see it. I see it across the board. Just how it makes privileged crazy. a lot of kids think that hey, I'm paying you. I did it twice. I'm enough. Yeah. So I, I don't believe in. And just getting a trophy for the hell of it. That's those, not, that, those days are over. That kind of gives a little bit of entitlement mentality think, to those do kids. Do you think too. a lot of that too? As I find a lot of that when I get new guys in the room who are trying to take over coaching roles, when you're a brand new coach, you're worried about people wanting mm-hmm. to come to your class. So you're always trying to impress everybody. So when you got a new guy, new people coming to your class and your new coach, you try to show ten things. You try yeah. to show ten things. And then you, the next day you'll show 10 different things, and the next day you'll show 10 different things, the next day you show 10 different things. So you're like, I want everyone to be excited about my class. But then in six months, no one in, that comes to your class knows shit. Almost like herding cats. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, nobody, nobody knows shit. Everything's, nothing's just, everything's There's zero repetitions. Right. Yeah. So. But it's, it, it's really hard when you're a new coach because you do that. But then, like, like, I know I did that when I started coaching 15 years ago. That's how I coached because I wanted people to be excited about showing up to training with you. Yeah. But now, like, I'll show screw the, them. I show the same move six days a week for two weeks in a row, and I could care care less whether people get excited about it or not. That is that is the right way to teach. I think that um, when you do some something x amount of times, like for me to do a move and tell you that I'm good at it, I got to do it a thousand times. Mm-hmm. You do it two times, it's not muscle memory. Like for me, when I'm rolling, I don't think because I've done it that many times. Yeah. Right. And I think that if you do a move once or twice and now you're in the middle of a roll and you're tired, 
you don't know anything. Right. It goes and, right out the way. It makes perfect sense to the whole muscle memory thing. Uh, it's repetition, repetition, repetition. So it's yeah. uh, you're 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 you can train with your eyes closed, you know, and you can feel it. You can feel which way it's moving, which way it's going. And you don't and you don't have that if you're not if you're not repping. Correct. Don't they say if you tie your shoes twenty five days in a row, then it becomes natural. Right. So it's yeah. the same thing with jujitsu. You got to do that move and do it over and over and over. No matter how boring you think it'll get, but when you're in the match and you're not thinking, it goes a long way. Right. A long way. It can save your life. Yeah. It really can. Yeah. So uh, now I know you guys are in a uh, scramble Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and wrestling is an affiliate underneath you. Uh, if you could talk a little bit about the schools that you have and the people you've helped along the way to help grow their jujitsu programs and, and where you're at now with your program. So one of the things for me is that I don't believe in having one person being the main person of a school. I believe that we all on the same boat and we all when we train we are we have the same common goal to learn and to be a family and to treat each other with respect. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the things that I take pride of. I got schools in San Antonio, Texas, Georgia here, New Jersey, New York, Hawaii, Hawaii, Delaware. I want to go Tennessee and it Kentucky. I'll I, go. I'll go to Hawaii with you and make sure everything's yeah. on, on the up and up. Uh, now, too. now in Puerto Rico, uh, Puerto Rico. Oh, okay, okay. So it, it, it's endless, and I, I believe what I like to take pride in is um, having that family environment. And I think it was very important for me. I, I think that uh, just because I'm a black belt, I'm not better than anybody else. And uh, some schools do put a black belt a little bit higher than, and sometimes they take advantage of it. And that's mm-hmm. the part that I don't like. So for me and my association, I always teach everybody we're a family and I'm here to do whatever it is that you need from me. And uh, it has gone a long way. I treat people like I want to be treated. And some schools mentality is that the person above you, meaning somebody who's a fourth degree black belt, starts looking down at the person who's, who's not a higher belt, mm-hmm. and I, I just don't believe in that. So one of the things in my schools that I have sh- I, I have pushed for everyone, and I think everybody's excited to be with me, is that is making sure that we're a family and we're all the same. I think that's a huge – that makes a huge difference uh, in, in the success of, of your program too. I think that – I mean, I've, I've seen other schools. Uh, we've, we've dealt with other schools in the past, and things are I – mean, you can get – Well, it's very uncommon. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. It's uncommon. very uncommon what you do, uh, as opposed to what I've seen in the past with other places that we've been to. If you, yeah. if I go to a place, if I come here and I come to Rome, and you don't ask me to roll, I think that's disrespectful. Oh wow! Other schools, a lot of other schools. If you are a white belt, blue belt, purple belt, it, like if you ask a black belt to roll, it's supposed to be like yeah, super you disrespectful. Don't dare do that. Yeah, yeah. I, I think for Jason, you like who wants to ask? Who wants to roll? I yeah. seen you put everybody against the wall. It doesn't matter. To yeah, you. yeah. But a lot of other schools take that into some type of higher power. That like, oh, you're not supposed to ask me to roll because I'm a black belt or I'm whatever. Mm-hmm. I just don't believe in that. It's yeah. just not me. Yeah, you know, I, I yeah. think it's supposed to have fun. It's supposed to be fun, all of us together. You know? <clears throat> well, one of my favorite things you like to talk about is what a black belt is in your association, like what they are to you. You know, your definition of one. And he's talked about how you've pretty much you pretty much have two paths um, when you're a black belt, and you can either compete, which is great, and you're you know you spend a lot of time on mastering your craft for you, or you can give back, you know, and you and you give to others and you pour into their cups, and that's super cool, you know, to hear that. So like to hear him talk about uh, all the black belts in his association, what he expects of them, it's just it's just really cool, and and you know not in saying. Uh, he feels like that any belt should be 
able to ask any belt to roll is another version of that in itself of like, I'm a black belt, but you can ask me to roll. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not something that you have to be, you know, intimidated by or anything like that. Right. So it's really cool. So, and I always say when you become a black belt, all you are is you starting over. Mm -hmm. Starting over. And if you want to compete, I got your back. But if not, you're becoming a teacher and a leader, man, you you have to be able to give back. Give back to the community, to the sport that has given us so much. You know, jiu-jitsu in 26 years has given me a lot. A lot to get through, through the highs and lows of my life. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's it's part of me. For the same thing I know is part of you, and it's part of you, and and you're on the same boat, you know? And I'll say that uh, I pretty much watched Jason grow up in the sport, and I've watched him uh, green as grass uh, to where he is now, and I'm super proud of him and the things that he's done with the school and and what he's doing in his life. Uh, And I I say, too, and and I mean it wholeheartedly, I have I have created and met and made lifelong friends uh, through jujitsu. Uh, it's uh, there's people that I haven't seen in years that I know that if we came across each other's path, we you know it's just that camaraderie, that bond, that thing that you don't have in any. There's nothing else I've ever done in my life where you have that uh, connection with other people. I mean, and there's some people you come across that you could care if you could ever see them again, right. but that's just life. But you don't uh, realize how in our community. Your, your peers and your and people you train with become your family. Yeah. I'm in Maryland, I'm in Maryland. My children already have left my house, and I'm an empty nester, an empty nester and I'm there alone. But when I go to my gym, this is my family. Mm-hmm. I'm having a Christmas party, and it's us. Yeah. yeah. Everything that we do is us. Yeah. And we go to tournaments together, and I'm like, oh, my God, my family's my jiu-jitsu family. Mm-hmm. So they're my friends. They're my family. They're the people I hang out with. You know, it's, it's just kind of weird that how everything becomes us mm-hmm. yeah once you put your work in and you come in and you get your hands dirty with the rest of us it's like you've paid your dues and something about the jiu-jitsu community is just a little different than anything i've ever there's, been there's nothing i've ever been a part of that that i can say that yeah like I, with when, coaching when, when, or, when you share that mats and you see the sweat and the sacrifices that you make or how many times you get hurt and you deal with things and you keep coming out and, and, and me and you doing it together and we're going through the ranks together man i we're, we're friends forever. And yeah. that bond, the bond of us being in the same room trying to kill each other every night. Right. The respect that we have for each other is amazing. Right. You know, and you have some good guys, some bad guys, but at the end of the day, we have some enforcers that we're all the same. Right. Yeah. Somebody and, tries to get out of hand, well, the enforcers coming in to take care yeah. of that. And everybody grows. Uh, when, and I feel like in that, that environment, everybody grows and everybody's able to reach their, their, their elite potential in, in becoming what they want to be. Mm-hmm. in jiu-jitsu, uh, in other environments where you don't have that, where it's competitive, yeah. like, you know, how dare you ask me to roll or uh, somebody's in a shitty mood and they just, you know, want to rough up the whole class because they had them, a bad yeah. day, stuff like that. Uh, you can't grow in those environments. And so, uh, but I, but by talking to you and what you're saying, I, I mean, I and I see it in their school too. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's built for success, you know. Correct. And not just monetarily success, but success as a human being and the way you treat, the way you, way you, you're yeah. teaching these other people uh, to be successful. Cause it ain't only, it ain't only just on the mats. It's in life. It's in life. So last night I got to experience, I came into the gym and uh, they were having a little indoor, indoor, I say in, in the gym uh, Yeah, the in-house, yeah. In-house tournament. And man, you, when I walked in, it's all families. It was all families against, against the wall and cheering each other on. And that shows you, like, you have a good environment here, a family environment. Yeah. You didn't have a bunch of tough guys just laying on the trying to kill each other. Right. Yeah. It was mom, yeah, kids, a bunch of us messing around. Yeah. 
But the guys that were when they were when it was time to go, oh my god, the, this gym scramble has killers. I was, you, killers I was I was watching I was watching some of them last night on the uh, on the video that somebody was Gabriel shooting. Gabriel yeah. Brown was doing a Facebook live, and I was like, man, that's like watching uh, somebody throw a piece of raw meat in the thing with two pit bulls. It's like just yeah. get out of the way. Yeah. So and, and they're so talented. But by the time they got to the blue belt level, every blue belt under a school could beat any black belt. It's the most weird thing. I was like. Shot, yeah. Seeing the speed, the athleticism of these guys, you guys got a killer team, killer. Yeah. So we got lucky. And it's we're all, very lucky. And yeah, we're very lucky. A testament to they all suck. That's what you put in. <laughs> <laughs> it's the, it's the, it's the work. It. It's the work that all y'all put in, and it's the foundation that you're building. Uh, yeah, y'all are building Carlos, together. It's gonna take me eight months to break them back down from all the good things you've been saying. About. <laughs> <laughs> um, Wipe that smile off your face. <laughs> yeah. All right, Carlos. This goes back tomorrow, so I'm gonna start telling y'all how shitty y'all are. <laughs> hey, but you know what's funny? I'm in the same way as him. That yeah. I. I, I tell the people how good a person is, mm-hmm. but I can't tell the person how good they are. To itself, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah it makes I'll sense. say it once, kidding around, they're like, yeah, okay. Well, and to be honest with you, especially in something like jiu-jitsu, most of the time you're looking for criticism. People that do jiu-jitsu uh, and that have made a life out of it. They're critical of, of oh, themselves. Oh, they're, they're very critical. Sure. Like So it's not uh, super uncomfortable. Now, sometimes you get down on yourself and stuff, but that's usually when you're getting better, mm-hmm. honestly. But uh, most of the guys that do jiu-jitsu don't want attaboys. Yeah, they don't no, want no, 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 they like don't. I could have done better. Please help me uh, achieve that, you know. And so it's good that we have coaches like these two guys here. I'm a build them up guy. I'm a you did great guy, you know. But you, you need both. Sometimes sometimes people need you know I've reassuring. Al- I've always responded as an athlete to a coach that no matter how well I did, a coach telling me what I could do better. Right. He, right. he had criticism. Yeah. I need I need that. I, I do not want someone to tell me I did good ever. I mean, the guy, the I guy always that, want someone to tell. If I walked out when I wrestled, if I walked out and I pinned someone in 10 seconds, there was something I did wrong mm-hmm. that I could have done better, and I need someone to point that out. I don't want you to tell me I did good ever, I, uh, and that drives me we, nuts. We trained with a guy uh, that would go everywhere he went, he would win, and he's, his trunk was full of trophies and plaques. And uh, he got first place at a tournament, uh, and I was with him, and he uh, he opened up his trunk, and, like, he goes to throw this big trophy in the back of his trunk, and I was like, dude, you got a ton of trophies back here. He's like, they don't mean shit to me. And he's like, and as far as taking rank, I just I don't want to take rank. I just want to learn as much as I can learn. I don't want anybody to give me any kind of rank. And we pulled up to a dumpster, and he was like, "These don't mean anything to me." And he threw every one of those trophies in the in the trash. That's so that's the kind of yep. person I, that we work, we trained with. You yep, know? same guy made me throw all my judo stuff away. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> I'm salty about it sometimes. <laughs> Seven he, state titles. In he's, the like, year. he's like, he's like, he's like in the real world, none of that stuff matters. Yeah. None of it matters. Yeah. I think finally yeah. somebody gave him rank. He yeah. just had to take yeah, it. Yeah, he got it. Chip, yeah. gave, chip yeah. gave him a black. You know, I, for me in, in my journey, I, I I went and trained in Las Vegas for. Four or five years straight and, and trained professionally. And so all these guys will come in, Heath Heron, Forrest Griffin, I don't know, Victor Bedford, you name it, who's who will come in and train with us at our school. And one time I went to take a picture, and my coach was like, Carlos, you're as good or better than them. Why are you taking pictures with these people? I'm like, all right, I don't take pictures. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> so it's installed in my head not to do it. That's right. So but, funny. Then, but then. I never took a picture. I never asked for a picture. I never did anything. But I'm training with these guys like an animal. Mm-hmm. And now I look back and I'm like, I wish I would have had a couple of pictures. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, now that you yeah, put them on the wall sure, just for, for sure. business wise. That's you know? so yeah. funny. Yeah. 
So you, it's kind of weird. Now the folks you, you named off pretty much a who's who list right there. Uh, yeah, I'm curious most what it was like training with Hoyler because he like same every, here. Like everybody talks about like we were talking about this at lunch and like uh, like everybody talks about Hickson and everybody like knows about Hickson Gracie being the family champ, but he really was only the family champ of fighting, and Hoyler was the family champ of sport jujitsu. Like mm-hmm. he was the man he's, when it came to sport jujitsu. His technique is ridiculous. You know, you, you think you roll with him. And, and he was so small. You think he was it, such a small guy. You think you get it. And so with me, I, I will go. He'll grab one. He was really good at footlock. So he'll grab oh, one yeah. footlock. And I'm like, oh. and I go look over here, and he already has the other leg. And you go up to the other leg, picking and choosing what he wanted. It's so crazy of you to say that he, he was he was good at footlocks because the whole time we were coming through, uh, like, that was taboo. Like, yeah, you people touch talk, people's feet. They yeah, got mad. Yell like, at what us. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was telling you, like, coaches – Coaches wouldn't shake my hands in the yeah. early 2000s. Because We'd we go to jujitsu tournaments and I'd tap their students yeah. out with foot locks and their coaches. They, was like, they would shake be mad. That was mad. just because people, they were scared people, you're going to steal their wallet. Yeah. Well, I didn't, have, I didn't have as many <laughs> tattoos then. <laughs> he looked more I'd, wholesome then. I, I think, still so. look like I was fresh out the trailer park. But I didn't have as so, many tattoos. For me, he was one of the first ones that opened up to it. Okay. And I, I got some videos, homegrown videos, him, me and him going into a fight, and I'm, I'm, I'm the guy who's filming, and uh, he wins with leg locks. Every wow. time that I went, wow. so meaning I think he was one of the first ones that was open to, it, and that's what got my interest into leg locks. Yeah, I mean, I'm hard. telling you, those feet are always there if you know what to do to them. You can. Uh, There's just such a, especially now, like you're really seeing it in today's it's huge combat now, grappling. Combat grappling. But, uh, uh, but these guys are creating dilemmas uh, by attacking the upper body, and you do everything right, everything you're doing it all perfect to stay out of triangles and arm bars and guillotines and all this. And it's just giving them your legs. And, you know, then they attack the legs and you come down and defend your legs and you're just giving them triangles and back attacks and all kinds of stuff. You're seeing, like, it's really starting to um, mesh together well, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and people using all of it together. It's, it's, just awesome. an, it's just a little bit more of the evolution of the game to me. I mean, I think it's always been, uh, like I said, it was taboo back think, then, but I think everything's I think, evolving. Well, I, th- I think the evolution of, like, how it is now is just uh, – the availability of knowledge. Yeah. There's like, a lot out there. I mean, if I could put a question out there, I, what do you guys think about now at the IBJJ Worlds, if you're a black belt, you could do heel hooks. What do you think about uh, heel hooks I love the it. Gi? Uh, in the gi? Well, you can't do it in the gi yet. You can do no gi, brown belts, and black belts, let mm-hmm. you reap, and they let you heel hook, brown belt, black belt, no gi, which they're on, they only did it just because – they caved. They're, they they they're caving cave. in because they're fading away for uh, people being involved because all the money's being made outside of their sport. Yep. It's very great. What I don't agree with is if you're in the master's division or above, if you're 30 years old or the above. The heart attack division, well, shall it be? 30 to 40. That's not heart attack. 30 to 40 years you're old. In no, true, true, true. You're in denial. They, they, you're not allowed to do it. Only 18 to 29 years old. Yeah, the adults division, which is eighteen weird. to twenty nine. You can you can reap and heel hook. Any other adult age bracket not allowed. Same old rules. Yeah, I don't agree with that. You can't tell me that a a, a more aged man's not just like, as capable of tapping of when, he when he's endangered. Right, I think he's more he's. Because he, because he's lived more lives, he knows sure. that he's not going to risk I would, hurting himself. I would not often. survive a heel hook. I would not survive it. So you know what's funny? That the first thing I asked Jason yesterday was like, "Hey, can you teach me how to get out of heel hooks?" 
feel comfortable there. He's like, I'll teach you, coach. I'm like, all right. Yeah. But something like that, I told Jason that he's the new age. He's he's the new wave of guys. He's mm-hmm. the future of what we do. Because he, the new game that's coming out, I was saying, like, my game is very old style, hard nose, let's go kick some butt, side control. But now the game has changed a lot. That, that now you see one standing, one sitting. There's no more just close guard trying to pass cars anymore. Mm. The game, and everybody's looking for legs. Mm-hmm. And that's the way the game is going. Yeah. So I, now I was telling Jason, I'm comfortable. You could put me there, and I think I could, I could get out. I mm-hmm. think I can. And, but I'm not comfortable enough with somebody grabbing my legs. So right. He's like, I'll help you. But you see how everything is changing. Everything yeah. is changing. Yeah. I remember when Costco uh, grows the tournaments, and then uh, Naga as well, like they had big announcement, you know, no rolling, no uh, on the on the leg locks. Cause yeah, a lot of people are twisting and rolling. As soon as they'd hook up, they'd roll. And well, Naga's like the wild, wild west. God, it yeah. is it really? Yeah, yeah Naga's really. nuts yeah. at this point. Yeah, oh, wow. If so you can just do anything um, now. Yeah, the rules are if, so. If you're a blue belt, it's, it's open season. If you're a blue belt and up and adult, it's open season or whatever you want. No yeah. way. That's crazy. Yeah. But. Hey everybody, it's Rob from Cigar Store Idiots. Are you looking for something a little extra to get you through your day? Well, let me suggest Killcliff. Killcliff is a clean energy drink with a natural source of caffeine derived from green tea leaves. Whether it be the Killcliff for recovery, Ignite for that energy boost, or the CBD infused Killcliff, they've got you covered. Go to CigarStoreIdiot.com, click on the Killcliff link, and use promo code CigarIdiots for some awesome savings. Killcliff, clean energy, killer taste. One thing that I know uh is certain uh is as sure as it will rain in november is that anybody that's been involved in any kind of martial arts has some really good stories mm. some war stories some things that's happened that you may or may not be uh you want to tell <laughs> but uh if you got any that's uh podcast friendly uh, some some run-ins maybe you had or some situations that you got in that jiu-jitsu got you out of uh, I would love to hear those. Any anything anything you got, we I, we love it. I think one of the funniest thing that has happened to me. I, one one year, I, I went in twenty six matches. I won. And I lost two. So I'm, I'm thinking I'm doing pretty good. But the only ones you remember is the ones you lose. Mm-hmm. So I was in New York City at the Javits Center, and I was working doing a, an event there. And I went to a service desk, and I didn't know where someone goes. Oh my God, that's Carlos. That's Carlos. I'm like. Yeah, yeah, dude. Right, 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 <laughs> man, the guy that does jujitsu and all that stuff, and I, I did a super fight against. Um, oh my god, what is this? I can't recall his name, but him and I did a super fight. And at the end of the super fight, I went for a guillotine and I flipped him, but I never followed him. And he got on my side control, and I ended up losing like forty seconds left. He got uh, me. On, he got me on a americana. On americana, and um, I still remember to this day. And I took the. the fight like in a two-week notice but the money was good back then when somebody offers you 1500 bucks to do a 20-minute match you take it in a second mm-hmm. and uh i just remember i'm like yeah yeah i'm carlos i'm carlos he goes yeah remember you lost to that guy everybody yeah and i said well i did win 26 fights and everybody was just like, oh my god like, he pumped me up i was all pumped i was like remember you lost to that guy i was like he's like what, what is that? <laughs> oh man People can, uh, yeah. That that's that, so that's true, though, because I have matches when I was 12 years old in wrestling, and I'll be like trying to fall asleep, and that match will creep into my head, and I'll be like, God, oh. I get so mad about it to this day. It's funny <laughs> how you only remember the ones that you, you felt like you could have won or you whatever. You should have won, yeah. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. He was telling us, he was telling us at lunch about Hickson coming into the gym when he was at Hoyler's training, and Hickson's like, 
uh, I'm going to practice my guard retention today, and I'm just not going to use my hands. And then just wouldn't put his hands in his gi, and nobody in the gym what? could pass his guard. No and then way. he would just at will triangle triangle everyone in the gym without using his his arms at all. That was kind of like Matthew through. yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but finishing them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hicks and I, Hicks and is probably the best. When you so, when you can put your hands on your on your belt and go no hands, and no one can pass your guard. That's ridiculous. That's amazing. That's ridiculously yeah. good. So would would you say in that who would you say that was probably the toughest person you ever been on the mat with? The toughest person I've been on the mat with is Sergio Pena. Okay. Sergio Pena is a coral belt. Yeah. Yep. And um is the guy that I never got. He is the best, the toughest guy ever. He was my kryptonite. He told me almost everything. And um he's just the best, the most technical and him and I roll when I walked into his gym, I, I thought that I was a, a champ. I was a brown belt. And, and I saw this guy. I'm like, who is this old man? And, and in the same role, I, I was telling this guy, I said, we shook hands. And I, and I asked him, you want to roll? And he said, but we rolled already. I said, <laughs> you rolled already. I passed out. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and, then, and then I said, you want to roll again? And then he tapped me out with an arm bar. <laughs> And I was like, well, let's roll again. <laughs> and the third time I passed out. But at least I knew it was passing Yeah, out. you knew it was coming. <laughs> I said, and then uh, he threw me in the cage. That, that day, Frank Mir was going to fight Tim Sylvia. And Frank doesn't, didn't have enough, enough training partners. Great mm-hmm. fight. Broke, so, his, broke Tim Sylvia's arm. Yeah, like, he did. the forearm. So, yeah. so, so was Sergio, nasty. Sergio was like, oh, my friend. And I realized when a Brazilian guy tells you, my friend, don't. Like, oh, God, something's going on. <laughs> He's like, my friend, you can help us out. And he put me in the cage, closes the door, and Frank was on the other side. And he's telling Frank what to do. So, meaning, I just passed out twice and got beat up. And then I go in there and I go train with him. And, and all he was trying to do is because Sergio doesn't like the Gracies. And I walked in and I said, oh, I'm with Hoy the Gracie. And I, I kind of like, yeah, put my foot in my no, mouth. Yeah, he was kind of setting me up. Right, and then the next day I showed up. I couldn't walk. I couldn't move. I, I was pretty beat up. Mm-hmm. He goes, "Man, I never thought I would see you again." And then I showed up every day for four years. Yeah, and he became like my father. You became, and, he became my, and then he put a lot of time into me. And then I started beating the black belts. And I started. And he's always telling me what to do, and we became very close. And um, man, he is the kryptonite. And the only time that I thought that I was going to get him, I put him in a footlock and I say, hey, I'm, I'm going to break your foot today. It was my opening. Mm-hmm. I'm going to break your foot, Sergio. And he said, go ahead, break it. And I said, okay. And I, I sat back. He stood up with me, passed my guard, and tapped me out. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sometimes you have that kryptonite. Yeah. He was like, I, I was just kidding. I wasn't really going to break your foot. So <laughs> for me, he's, he's the best or the toughest. Every time I fought anybody, I thought I was in the fight. But for some reason, when I, when I used to go with Sergio, I would go half hour with him, like mm-hmm. nobody winning. The problem was that it, I wasn't making a move. I was getting attacked was, the whole time. Yeah, yeah. I was defending the that's whole time. That's tough to, to defend for 30 minutes. Yeah. That's, that's tough. But he, Sergio Pena is the best. The yeah. best. I, I mean, 26 years doing jiu-jitsu. He's been doing jiu-jitsu probably like 40, 50 years, I think it is. Something like that. That's a long time. So you, a month. And he would beat everybody at the gym. It was When I was there, it was called the Combat Club, Las Vegas Combat Club. Okay. And, uh, man, he has some killers in there. And he was, I think Sergio was like 42, 43 years old when I met him. He, and he would just crush everyone. It didn't matter what it is. He, his pressure, his game. Like when I was with the Gracies, it was don't give up your position. 
for a submission. Like you, you, you try to stay and keep your points or whatever. With Sergio, it was like, you Attack give it up, mode. give it up, and don't matter. If you see the submission, jump on it. And he didn't care if he got it or not, at least he gave it. He's like, he used to explain to me, he said, Carlos, if, if we're in a tournament and it's five-minute matches, if I can stop that match in two minutes, I just save three minutes. The next guy Watch has out. to do five minutes. And then the next time he does five minutes. And I go in my second match and I beat somebody in a minute. He goes, by the time you get to the finals, I'm the fresher guy. That's right. And that's the way he used to put it to me. It makes perfect sense. I'm a, I very much preach to live, live, live by the sword, die on the shield. Yeah, that's the way. That's the way I do my jujitsu. I would much rather get beat trying to finish someone than win a yeah. match by trying to beat the clock. Right. Oh man. Yeah. Like I would beat myself up mentally, knowing that I won a match because I'll, I look over. There's forty. There's forty five seconds left, and I'm up by a point, and I lock down. Yeah. Knowing that. Oh well, I can easily mount this guy. And go for this submission. Why? Why would I not do it? But I get swept because I tried it. I yeah. would much rather get swept because I tried to finish him. <laughs> like I would, I'll beat myself. A lot of our guys are like, like Matthew. You met Matthew and Tri- trips like that. Yeah. Trips like that. Uh, but Matthew was at a tournament and he was murdering people this day, uh, which he does that a good bit. But um, he was murdering this one guy, and it was the finals. And Matthew's up by like twelve points, and he's in mount. Okay, and I can see that he's trying to start to work for a mounted triangle. Posing for pictures for yeah. Jesus' wife. Yeah. yeah, that was another time. That, that yeah, was a whole other yeah, thing. We'll, yeah, but, we'll tell you about that one. That one, that one upset me pretty bad. Yeah, but so he's like working, and we've got a kid that's helping us coach this day because we have 25 people competing at this certain tournament, and uh, and the kid's coaching Matthew. He's like, just chill out, Matthew. you got like 10 seconds left, just or you know, 30 seconds. Just chill out. And I'm like, screw that, Matthew, get him. Come on, Matthew. And I'm like stoking the fire. <laughs> and the thing about Matthew is you start stoking that fire on Matthew, he goes crazy. And he just starts like bugging out. And uh, he, he, I don't think he tapped the guy, but he got all the way to the point where the guy was ready to tap, um, but the time ran out. But I was like, so don't don't you feel so much better that you went for that and got an opportunity to go for that submission than just don't be that guy. Don't be that guy riding it out from out. And he was like, yeah, thank God you come over there and told me that. Yeah. Not only that though, the fear that that puts in the next guy's mind. Yes. This person's a lunatic that you're a killer. Like it, it kills the next guy that you're going to get like, Oh man, he was up twelve to nothing, and, and he, he didn't, to rip a guy's he didn't head try off. to be safe. He tr- was still he was trying to kill the it. guy the whole yeah. time. Mm-hmm. That puts fear in the next yeah. guy. Yeah. Well, then also, you, to me, what you did with him—that's huge because you're you're teaching him not to not to be satisfied. Don't settle. Oh yeah. Don't ever settle. If you can do your best, then why would you do anything else? Like I just I've never understood it. Why if you have more, then why didn't you give it? Yeah. You know what I mean? And I've even told Jason, and it, I've, it's bit me in the ass a few times, um, but I used to do this when I was wrestling in high school too, but um, I would tell people so I could so I would have somebody that would hold me accountable to it. I would tell them, hey, no matter what happens in this match, I'm going to come off the mat tired. Mm-hmm. Like, even if I kick this dude's ass, I'm coming off the mat tired. And now I've said that before and ended up having a 17-minute match. Mm-hmm. And happened, what, happened in Cincinnati two and, months ago. And yeah. I was literally on my back trying to choke this guy with a triangle and about to break his arm, and he just wouldn't tap for some reason. I was thinking in my mind, like, why the hell did I say that? <laughs> <laughs> I just please tap, dude, please. But uh, thank God I got that one out. But, yeah, so that's like that's my opinion on it. As a coach, too, 
Um, but the problem with saying that now, now it's you, on can't, the, you can't, you can't preach it and then not, yes. right, not, that, not now it's on the internet. Either. So now I have to live up to it forever, which <laughs> sucks. <laughs> this is too funny. So in that thing with Sergio, just so you know, Sergio, that's when I really started understanding there is level to this. Yeah. There's levels of grip of someone, you know, the same thing of a judo guy. I want, I roll with an Olympic judo guy down in, in, uh, I was in Orlando, Florida. And he grabbed my gi, and then I realized the strength I in couldn't his get it off. There are levels to this. So somebody like Sergio, when he had a hold of you, you can't pick your head up. You stick your hand in the wrong place, he's already on board. Mm-hmm. He's thinking 10 steps ahead. He was, the craziest thing, the levels. And then you talk about Enzo. Then you talk about there is just guys that are above. Yeah. And, you know, above the That's rest. always a humbling thing, too, when you grab one for the first time. Like you said, yours was Sergio, where you're like, let's roll, and you're always like, <laughs> yeah, that's a very humbling thing, where you're roll, like, you just feel like you're drowning. It doesn't matter how hard you struggle. Well, Either way, I'm well, going to drown. Well, it's crazy, too, because you come from training with super famous guys like Hoyler and Hickson, <laughs> so you feel like, oh, I just train. By the way, Hoyler was my main. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, so I, Hickson I, was in the West Coast. And yeah, yeah, yeah. With but you trained with guys who were – legends world, world renowned the best in the world you're like people I, are still talking about them there's yeah. people there's people that can't grab me that are better than this and i don't even know if you've heard of sergio before you trained with him no. but you walked in you're like there's i'm no, training with the gracies he, I'm with, he, I'm with, I'm he, with he sure. can't do anything to me that hasn't already been done and then you're like oh well fuck. there's a whole nother yeah. <laughs> well fuck there's yeah. a whole nother level to this so and you know what's really nice that Hoyler gracie has to be one of the nicest person one of the nicest per- person on earth. When I used to go to Brazil for the worlds and stuff, he he would come pick me up. Or he's just nice, super. And when we'll come up to the states, the same thing. Hoyler gave me my purple, my brown himself. I got pictures in a awesome. basement. That's so cool. But for me, the, the best thing about Hoyler, he has to be one of the nicest human beings you could ever meet. Like he really is a nice human being, and he'll give you the shirt of his back. And that's what I learned from Hoyler. Yeah. And he's a funny guy. People don't realize that, but yeah. for me, now that I look back and I see that people make transition with different coaches, and you have to do it. In today's age, some people are training for certain things, and they have to be selfish, and they have to go find the best places to fit them when they, you know, when loyalty means a lot to me. But fighters cannot be too loyal. They got to find them what's best for them, mm-hmm. and I get it. Mm-hmm. And um, but with Hoyler, man, I man. Just nice, nice, nice guy. Yeah. Sergio, Sergio is nice, but he'll beat you up. <laughs> <laughs> he'll beat you up with a smile on his face. Yeah, my friend. Come on, <laughs> my, my friend. We'll roll. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's weird that you say that because I know every Brazilian I know says that my to friend. me all the my time. Friend, yeah, yeah they hate a, you. I'm going to be offended Yeah, <laughs> every time now. Yeah. My friend. Yeah. Except for that one Gracie Baja guy we like. Yeah, with I the love Gucci, him. With a Gucci belt. Yeah, he's I awesome. I love him. I would kill to have a private listen with him. I'm just going to. Talk to him about all the times I've seen him almost getting fist fights at tournaments. Yeah, he gets almost in a fist fight. He'll referee. He referees. He's a Gracie Baja black belt. But okay. He almost gets in a fist fight at every. He'll be refing kids tournament. matches. With with other Brazilian coaches, he almost gets in fist fights because so, like, he'll come make a call and they'll say something to him in Portuguese and he'll just like untuck his shirt. He'll, and, uh, yeah, he'll just be like, <laughs> he's great. he's so wild. Like him and Bruno Frazado almost they got there's like twenty people breaking them apart. Like cussing, they were cussing not us. We were there stoking the fire. Yeah, baby. Stoke, I was standing over there and I was like, "What he say? I wouldn't let him say that to me either. I got you back." So like, Let's get it. Uh, you know, one of, one of the craziest things for me is, at one point, I started hearing about Sergio. I'm watching and he's beating everybody up, including myself. 
And I, I couldn't understand being at his gym at the Las Vegas Combat Club. We would be sitting on the corner, and who's who in the sport will come into his school, and everybody will come to him. And I couldn't understand how much respect he's got in the game. Everybody knew that him and Hickson had one of the greatest fights. And he was beating Hickson, and then Hickson ended up choking him at the end. And it's supposed to be a fight for the ages. But then I saw Carlson Gracie come over to the school. Carlson Gracie's senior. He passed away, God rest mm-hmm. his soul. And he came over to Sergio, and I, I couldn't understand, like, how is it that Bustamante comes in and they all go straight to Sergio? And it just seems like everybody gravitates to Sergio, and everybody tells me that he's a legend. So the respect in the world of jiu-jitsu that Sergio has, he's very old school. He doesn't sell out. He's just this hard-nosed guy. He could be probably one of the most famous people in the world. But he won't sell out. He right. has, he's, he's just a certain way, and that's just the way it is, old, old jiu-jitsu. And I could tell you some stories, but I don't want to put stories out there. That, sure. But they, there was times this, the surgery, if he, if he would have sold his soul and played the game, he'd probably be one of the biggest coaches around because he had the big names on the him. So his last name would be on a lot of stuff. He would. but Like he, Gracie. He just couldn't. He doesn't sell himself. Yeah. And I would be like, Sergio, just – just do it this time. Just this <laughs> once. Just, just yeah. play the game for a little while and let your name get out there. But if he didn't think you're a good person, if he didn't think that you're not doing the right thing, he wouldn't have your back. That's, it was the most weird. And he, it's just weird. That's the way uh, my, have a lot of respect my, for that, my Sambo instructor was that way. Like he, man, you had to, I'm pretty sure he probably could get a background check on you if he wanted to. But uh, he, he was very he was weird, very about, he weird about who he would, would teach, teach and train. Like he would not just like train anybody. And uh, I'll tell you a story about him. When Bill Goldberg, you know, Bill Goldberg played football at the University of Georgia, and then he broke out into the WW or WCW was the big wrestling promotion. Are you familiar with Bill Goldberg? So Gene LaBelle and and Tony Lopez was my Sambo instructor. They they knew each other. By the way, you training with who's who? So I was like, so so Gene reached out to Tony to train Bill for the WCW, and so. He called Tony on the phone, and he was real like, "Ooh, I'm blah blah blah." Bill Goldberg, this that, and the other. I have Tony was Bob Wire tattoos. Tony was not impressed. He was not impressed at all, and he told him he was not interested in working with him. He said, "What do you mean? You know, we we're going to pay you this amount of money. You're going to do this." And he's like, "No, I'm not interested." And he wouldn't train him. And this guy was you like, gotta do, "You got to do your impression of Tony. Uh, he doesn't talk like that." I'm scared that he'll find me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he, uh, but uh, Bill was like, he was as big as Hulk Hogan. At the time, you know, he, he was, was huge. huge. Like yeah. all the wrestlers hated him, but as far as TV goes, he was the baby face and he made all the money. Uh, but, but Tony would not train him. Wow. wow. Yeah. And he taught like this. Yeah, he did. He he's like, so, I don't know. It's just really, and he's like a nerdiest little guy. He's, so like, he's a Latin yeah. teacher, like little nerdy like guy with glasses. 40 pounds. Yeah. And, and he, when he would get a hold of you, like it was funny because when he, uh, he was, he was demonstrating, uh, uh he had me, uh, he mounted me. I was on my side, and he was reaching doing a gi choke. And he was like, "Just tap, buddy." When I start choking you, well, shit, he was already choking me because his hands. You know, we were talking about hands. His hands are so strong. And he's yeah. already in there, and I'm he just like, to, well, he I'm used to try not he, to be a pussy and tap out a, yet. But he uh, was the soccer coach at a private school too. Is where he taught Latin at and stuff. But he ran the Sambo Club at Darlington here, and uh, he would take fully inflated soccer balls and. He busted pop. one with his bare hands. He would pop the soccer balls with his hands. He was so strong. He, uh, but he was 135, 140 pounds. Tiny, yeah. tiny little Spanish yeah. guy. Yeah, he's a freakishly. But by, by looking at him, man, you'd have no idea. He, he, he taught us a story. He, uh, 
I, I hope I don't get in trouble telling this, but he you're gonna he was in the Reagan, he was in the military under the Reagan administration, and so they were in uh, they were over in uh, where was it Grenada Grenada it was yeah. And uh, he's like, you know, he's like, I'm over there and we're clearing houses and somebody's booby trapped the door and I open it up and a grenade blows up in my face and I can't hear. He's like, I can't see. I've been blown up. And he's like, I was so mad. I didn't do anything. Like for three straight days, I didn't eat. I didn't sleep. I didn't do anything. I just killed people with my bare hands. Oh, my God. <laughs> we're like, holy shit. Well, he used to, he used to tell us stories about like uh, like how he would crawl because, you know, over there, like they would have drainage. Yeah, this is a crazy story. To, where they would like use the bathroom in Korea. When in he was in Korea, yeah, in Korea, because they have like a hole in the in their floor where they they just use the bathroom. They go to the bathroom. It. They dig ditches where all so of it just run off. In Lindale? No, no, no. In well, Korea, dude. Oh, yeah, my bad. My bad. My bad. My bad. My bad. So, so what he would do is what he would do is he Damn, would crawl. Funny. He would crawl up the shit shoot the shit shoot. And Ooh. hide under their house and watch them do their katas and stuff. And he, he would learn them that way. He got in trouble. Like he was, yeah. he was telling us like he's like teaching. He's in the martial arts hall of fame. Yeah, like yeah. He's, he's got like fifteen black belts. He's got yeah. yeah. So he's teaching. He's like these katas. He's like what they don't want to try to teach us. Uh, he said this is the truth of it. So he's like if we're punching and kicking this way, he said, and then I turn and go in another direction. He said, he said that's a throw. He said it's a throw. So he's like, anytime you see somebody throw a punch, kick, and then they turn in the opposite direction and do the same thing, he said, what the what the Korean, uh, the martial mm. arts, the Taekwondo is leaving out is the throw. So like attack, attack, and then throw, heading in that direction, attacking in that direction too. So, but he he learned all this stuff by sitting in yeah. a shithole looking yeah. up looking up at these you know, these old Korean guys really, working on their katas. I really, really, really want to be good at grappling. This but dude, I do not want to be so good at grappling <laughs> that I stare up through a shithole. He, but he that's the that's the links that he went to and the things that he done. It was pretty he used crazy, to have he used to have pictures of him with like the Machados and stuff. Yeah, the gra- he trained with yeah. the Gracies. Yeah, he yeah. Gracies yeah. too, yeah. He had a run in with the with the with the Gracies. I thought I think he fell out of favor with them. Yeah, in California. That's yeah. how he ended up in Georgia. Yeah. I think he broke somebody's arm. It was one of the Machado brothers. But yeah, he but but to get back to what you were saying, uh, you know, he only trained people that he felt like was had a good heart. He just wouldn't train anybody. Yeah. I don't ever remember and the women money. I don't Jesus remember paying money to train there. Jesus, the women, he would he would bring the women in and, and train Time the women. It was minute. dangerous. Like they would like I literally was scared to to, to roll with any of the women because he would teach them all the nastiest, like I got brutal. Yeah. Like I had a girl, she pushed away one time and her her pinky toe went in my nose and about ripped my nose off my face. Oh my she, god. Like, pushed off on my face. So if like, he would only train particular people, how did you assholes get in there? I don't know. I was He felt so I was I a charity was, case. He I felt was sorry 13. for me. Oh. Yeah, I was 13 you got in there. Yeah. 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 That's where I started. So 1999 is when I started grappling. That's so when I, I walked was, with a cane. I was in middle school. So he's like, yeah. So I was like 90 <laughs> I was like 92 pounds. I got you. I yeah. got you. Okay. I want to and I and I know you got you get you're on a tight schedule and I don't want to I don't want to keep you from eating yeah, dinner Toby, and things. Toby put it on him. But family. what but what I <laughs> I want to ask you is and if you can answer this question, okay. But if you can't understand, because uh, I'm not trying to cause any issues. But is there you you've been around a lot of guys that's fought in the UFC? Was there anybody you think that was that did not fight to their potential? To be, if that's an unfair question, don't answer it. But I'm just curious if there's ever been somebody that you're like, man, this guy's got every like their ceiling was super high, but they just man, I can't 
I, I got plenty of people I could say that from the outside looking at <laughs> not even getting yeah. a train with them. And if if you can't answer no, no, it, it's no, fine. I, I know a few, but most of the ones that I got to train took it to the next level. Yeah. I think that uh, Sergio did not leave no stone left behind him. Mm-hmm. Unopened, I think. I, I One thing about Sergio, when he was building the champions, is he'll call you a pussy. He'll call you a piece of shit. He'll call you... <laughs> I'm doing the right thing. <laughs> I'm doing the right thing. You hear that? He'll make everybody vomit after practice or before practice. And somebody like me, I'll go train Monday and Tuesday. I'm like, man, Wednesday's the hump day. I feel like crap. My whole body hurts. I said, let me just show up at the school. I would show up and, and sit down. And he'll be like, what are you doing? I was like, you know, my body hurts. I'm taking off today. And he'll be like, you pussy. <laughs> <laughs> and then throws you right back in. Could you imagine how tough you would have to be to tell this man right uh, here? His <laughs> trap no is doubt. ears. No the doubt. Thing is that he could break me. So I was like, <laughs> right? I You're like yes, sir. I'm, uh, I'll be right out there. <laughs> and, uh, man, he, he would just call you whatever it is and he never held back. And, and that's one of the respect things I have for him. Not just to me, he would tell every single person, you're a pussy. Why are you stopping? Why? And it's, it was normal. It's the norm mm-hmm. for us. And I realized that sometimes a little tough love is what, is what takes you to the next level. And that's why the respect that I have for him is. But the big thing is, is you wanted to train or you wouldn't have showed up that well, day. And by the way, you by, me training, day, yeah. by me training, I would have the best day. Yeah. Yep. It's the always day the days you don't train. want to, yeah. man. It sucks. And that's why you have to come. That's but, but the one thing I did learn. Through the years is if you're done training and somebody says one more and you think you're done, just finish. I got my arm broken in half. Every injury that I have is because I'm done training. I did five five fights in a row, 10 minutes in. I'm done. My Mentally, I'm off the mat. Mm-hmm. And somebody says one more. And bad. It's like an omen. So you always get hurt. Something happens every That's time. That's crazy you say that team. because PJ says that after the first roll every class. <laughs> I've I made that my thing too, and I mean I still get injured some, but uh, I'm fragile. But it really does work. It's like I don't know. You your body knows you're done, you know. And you can be a tough guy, and you can, you know, my mind's tough enough, or whatever you want to. I'll do that once a week, you know, where I push through. But otherwise, your body knows when it's done, and it's like you said. That's crazy you say that because I've only been doing it about a year, but it's really helped me, you know. Uh, that's that's really nice to hear. <laughs> I just gotta tell yourself that's Pussy. it. I'm done for the day. Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna sit it. here and oh, tell God. somebody that yeah. looks like Bowser from Mario. I'm not talking to Carlos. That... I'm talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, I'm with him. I'm with him. Oh my God. <laughs> but before we get out of here, oh, wait, wait, wait. before we get out of here, uh, we were just talking at lunch, and like BJJ fanatics approached Carlos. Hell yes. And uh, Carlos has been sitting on his hands for this for like a six months to a year and we are going to push the issue because it's something that he really needs to do it's it's, so i mean he does seminars all the time it's Mm -hmm. really no different than him doing another seminar and then it's it's really great for i mean there's only one carlos and there's so many affiliations it's something that all of us can look to when we need to get around to get get Mm -hmm. in touch with carlos so it's something that where he just sent me over the contract for us to look over and help guide him, guide him and help him out with it. <laughs> so we're gonna do that, and uh, so for everybody gets to listen. If y'all are closer than we are, y'all stay in Carlos's ass about it. Yeah, <laughs> but, but we're gonna stay on him, and uh, y'all have to keep an eye out for it. So when it gets gets ready to drop out, everybody. So what is y'all, it? 
a BJJ Fanatics. It's instructional. Instructional video. It is the biggest instructional site on on the internet. So right. it's, it's super huge. Bernardo Fierro runs it, and it's that's I mean, awesome. legitimately, that's awesome. I I have I have have the app on my phone, and I've probably spent nine thousand dollars on instructional. <laughs> it's excessive. It's excessive. It's, I was showing Carlos yesterday. I have probably eighty DVDs, and they average from seventy seven dollars to two hundred and fifty dollars a piece. Like some of them are eight wow. hours. I long. gotta do this. You yes. gotta get on this. Yes. Some of them are four hours, some of them are eight hours long. Like I mean wow. but they're yeah. re- they're ridiculously good. Yeah. But there's I mean it's like like the whole thing. Like the jujitsu is evolving so much now because like I started training in nineteen ninety nine. I didn't start training uh, just a few years after Carlos did, but when we started training I started doing I started doing sambo that left me. I started wrestling cuz I didn't have sambo. I went from sambo to judo cuz there was no jiu-jitsu schools here locally. And then I learned jiu-jitsu through videos and Tap Out magazine. Yeah. Tap right? Out magazine. I went oh to Kmart. Way back. I went to Kmart and bought Tap Out magazine and Black Belt magazine. Black Belt magazine. Yeah, Black Belt. Once, That's how I used to get my jiu-jitsu back. Once a month because it would have a two-page spread of a jiu-jitsu technique. One jujitsu technique and a two page yeah. spread, and me and the guys at the school would do that technique for a month. God. That one whole month, that would be our newaza for the month in our judo class. Yeah. And then next month, I would go and spend four ninety nine and get another magazine, and we do it again, or we would put our money together, and then we would buy uh, a VHS from Brazil and Marco Huas VHS and do some yeah. Vale Tudo. Did, well, you, wait, wait, did you ever watch any of Tony's videos? Yes, did you ever I, see those? I had all of Tony's. You had them, yeah. Yeah, and I watched Jesse's too. Um, yeah, we talked. We've talked a lot about how the has game Carlos is, met Jesse. Uh uh-uh. Oh man, you got to meet Jesse. We've talked a lot about him. how the uh, the game has evolved and all this, but the, it's really just a pendulum that's swinging. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's swinging and it's swung towards this leg lock, new age, and all this. And uh, it's got to go back. The pendulum will swing. I and think, this old school I that we're talking it. about, I think it's already heading back in the yep. other direction. Like you see now, like leg locks were very imminent in the last just just the last few years. People were going super leg locks, super leg locks, and it was super big because the defense was so low. But mm-hmm. almost every every hole in the wall school right. has high level defense now. Well, but now people are getting into back into arm and chokes. Back to, yeah. We're going back into darts chokes because I really believe that's because, what, that's where the game is going. Because yeah. when you're yeah. when you're half guard, you have to go under me to attack my legs, and guys are getting in on these head and arm chokes yep. and stuff. So like also go back into like that. You hear you hear uh, the very good leg locking coaches and stuff talk about how you get to them and how you enter on them. Uh, you enter and you off back. And this is kind of true for everything on bottom, but still. Uh, you off balance the guy and get his hands on the floor where he can't defend. So how do you avoid that if you're the top guy? Well, you get a good base, you get your head in his chest, and you win the you know the hand fight. Mm-hmm. So it, you it's harder to off balance you, you know. So it's going back to this side control, half guard smash, cross face underhook. Your style of jujitsu. That's the only way I can know? live. I'm playing. I'm playing the way. profit here. In ten years, in ten years, people are gonna be you know passing like you said, Jason with. Uh, you know, head and arm chokes and flattening people out. They're trying to come up on underhooks. You're going head and arm we, chokes. That's, we, we that was best, what I survived We take the best on. no-gi guy in the world. You take Gordon Ryan, and you watch his bottom game. He takes people's backs. He inverts. He takes leg locks, and he attacks them. But what does he do when he's on top of people? 
smashing them. Smashes the piss out. Last year, Carlos came and did a seminar at our school the day the ADCC was going on. Yep. The day the ADCC was going on, that morning, Carlos showed us a pass, right? That morning, that same evening in the semifinals, Gordon Ryan hit the same exact pass in the semifinals, the same exact yep. pass that Carlos showed that morning. To, yeah, to win that match. Yeah, to win a match. Yeah. So it was like it's, the same smash, smash. And when style you look at it, just down the leg. If lines. you asked them, you know, what is Carlos's style, and they would say, "Oh, that's old school." And then you, what? Well, that's Gordon's style. He's only been training for six years. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, or whatever it's been. He's a freak of nature. Yeah. But you know, well, that's the new wave. It's like no, it's still jujitsu. It's still jujitsu. It's jujitsu. Yeah, jujitsu. Yeah, and it's just cool. Like you said, it, Carlos. This is the thing about Carlos. I'm. I like to like have little sayings that I, you know, mold around in my head and just play with. He said something really cool. He likes playing with things. Yeah, I love playing with things. Small but things. he said recycling. The word he used was recycle, and I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, he says we don't you know, invent things, which I'm kind of bad about claiming. Yeah, he does try to invent stuff. Listen, man. Anyways, we that's not called it. a guillotine. That's called a PJ. It's yeah. a PJ-tine. PJ-tine. I got one called a PJ-tine. You said you put it on YouTube, right? You yeah, yeah. he did a PJ-tine, but oh, Henzo Gracie put an instructional out in 1974 about it. <laughs> no, bullshit. Yeah. No, but okay. Anyways, my point is that he's recycling, recycling. Yeah. You know, we don't rediscover. Rediscovering. Yeah, we just rediscover it. It's not that we invented it. We just recycle. Like, we just brought it back. Mm. Here it is again, you know, and that's the pendulum swinging back and forth. And the thing so. is, when it starts coming back, uh, Guys are so much more advanced. Guys are more athletic. Yeah. So there's, there's gonna, more money in there's the sport. Gonna be, there'll be a different element to to what's brought back. Here, here. And that, now you're starting to see professional athletes going into the UFC, going because the money's coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think now people have different avenues to go with this. And in the grappling world, I, I was telling the guys, ADCC really have figured it out. They pay yeah. the money. They have the highest level guys. They have the best rules. And, and I think they're redefining the sport. Yeah, the here's the other thing is like, man, these like I'm a nobody in jujitsu. Like I'm an absolute nobody. Makes but, two ev- of us. but even but even <laughs> I, I went and did a tournament, and the winner gets two G's. And this is a tournament full of people that you know, like they're good. Like I'm not gonna, I'm not, oh, the gonna, guy that, I'm not the guy that won your bracket. There was two guys in your bracket that were world, world champs. Yeah, so, I mean, well, black, the black belt. I'm not gonna champs, say there were good. nobodies, but they're they were good. Yeah, but my point is, someone like me, you know, that I just do this because I love it. And I like to get better at it, and I love to share it with people. I can even go and two G's is money. Yeah, like you know, maybe not some people. To my broke ass, <laughs> two G's is money. Like, I'm okay with it. I, they're lucky I didn't Tanya Harding them yeah. in the bathroom with a chair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like you better be glad you just got on the mat, homie. <laughs> like, but anyways, my point is like little tournaments like that. They did another one today. The same people, Queen City Grappling uh, Pro. Uh, they did another one today. Fifteen hundred dollars. It was a women's bracket, no entry fee. He oh, won fifteen hundred dollars, wow. which is inc- they did two t- two brackets, one fifteen and one thirty five. I need to go check on who won. Yeah, but uh, shout out to Ruben who's doing a really cool thing up there. But there's a bunch of those yeah. all over the country They're now. Still super cool too. They had a yeah, pretty cool facility up there. Yeah, but anyways, that's my point. Is like jujitsu starting to like with the ADCC. That's like life changing money in a way. Yeah. Uh, the BJJ fanatics. That's life changing money because it's money that you work eight hours for, and then you get a check in the mail once a month. For the, you Same know, in your bank account. Yeah, and then, uh, but then also these little like I've been to a bunch over the past four months. I went to one in Fort Payne, Alabama, and I was like, "We're gonna do jujitsu in this nasty place." And I mean, it was like a dump. But 
There the was Hardy's some, bathroom, dude. Well, okay. The son of a gun that won the world combat jujitsu championship was the guy who won the absolute bracket. So like he was there. He did combat jujitsu worlds, which is a huge tournament made like I don't know how much for that bracket, right? And he was in Fort Payne, Alabama, like six weeks, eight weeks before that, competing in a like a wreck gymnasium against other killers. This one dude, I think his name is Austin Baker from Iowa. He looks like I called him the ogre the whole day. He's an ogre. But anyways, my He's point super is super active too. I've and, been looking him up. And that He's was yeah, active. and that was for a grand, I think. Like yeah. there's tournaments There's money to be made out yeah, there. Yeah, tournaments every yeah. Di- every yeah. weekend. It's yeah. incredible. I love it. Well, Carlos, like what what do you have planned for the future? What's your what's what's the future hold for you? What what things are you working on? So one of the things for me and I always tell Jason the same thing and Pete, I I don't do jiu-jitsu for money. God has gifted me with a job and a career and so jujitsu has always been fun. It's my it's my out my gateway to not think about anything that's going on in the world is my little time. God has put this in my hands that I could always pay it forward and I'm touching people's lives in a positive way. So for me, the future for me is having the association, having us grow, having us paying it forward. The more we pay it forward, grow as a family. I, I think that's that's what I'm looking at. We got some tough people in our, in our gyms that, mm-hmm. I, that are going to be world champions. It's all coming from your gym to my gym to gyms and other places, and that is nice to see. And I think that uh, the future for me is, is being able to support everyone to get to where we need to go and to for them to fulfill their goals. I, one of the things I see this team, first thing is first, the first day I met Jason, I knew it. And I told him to his face, I was like, man, something special about this kid. Didn't I tell you? And look, I was in he wrong. Likes, so he likes to rub it in my face. Somewhere, <laughs> so, somewhere in there, my 26 years of grappling, I have an eye to see who's who. Right. And I knew that this kid's special. And look now, now he's going to teach me what's yeah. going on. It's it's a, it's it's great, which I've been able to accomplish like so I'll, quick. I'll put my life on it that your gym is going to be the first one that's going to get to the top. Your gym, your style of teaching, the dedication that you guys have in this gym, oh, my God, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. It is. So I think that it's going to be a lot of champions coming out of our group as a whole for the future. And um, and we're expanding every day. So, But it's very big. If you're going to be in our association, it's got to be family-oriented. But it's got to be hard those guys that are really mm. ready to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, That's what's so great well, <laughs> about being affiliated with Carlos is – even on his uh, his patch that he has, um, what is it exactly? Uh, the gentle art isn't always so gentle, which is a freaking awesome saying. It fits yeah. with us so well, you know. And uh, you know, I learned it the hard way when he dribbled my hat, my head today off the mat. <laughs> but but still, like, it's just really cool to be affiliated with. Like, if you, there's a saying in our gym, okay, uh, where if you want it easy, if you want to have fun, everything. There's tennis courts two point three miles up the road on the left. So, like, if you want it like that, then that's what you need to be doing. Because in here, like, this is where you come to get your ass kicked. And there's not a person in this room, including myself and Jason, that we get our asses kicked, you know. And nobody's safe. And uh, that's this is not the place for you if that's yeah. what you're looking for. We ain't hiding around no rank around but it, But it works. It fits so well with what Carlos preaches and, and teaches also in his seminars. It just... Fits in perfect with us. So it's, we're blessed to so be associated what, with him. So what you're saying is y'all not breaking boards. Mm. <laughs> and uh, and if any can, boards get broken, I it's because you I threw see, somebody through a wall. I seen PJ try to break a baseboard the other day and he couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> you know, 
I believe all martial arts are great. Mm-hmm. I believe it's the person that's carrying it. So, you know, some like Taekwondo, some people say, oh, Carlos, you're going to take him down, and what are they going to do, kick you? I'm like, no, but when we're standing, I know some Taekwondo guys that can knock your head off. Seriously, I, sure. Yeah. So all martial arts are good. But somebody, I saw a post the other day, and it was uh, black belts, and it was a bunch of, like, 13-year-old kids, all black belts. And then there was another picture of real black belts. It was like Gordon. It was like... Like all these black belts, yeah. like that's when you start seeing what the difference is. Mm-hmm. Well, this, it's just I the integrity like, of the belt is upheld when you put an age limit on it. When you put an age limit on, I mean, because like you could be a world champion nine year old black belt, but if you if a nine year old black belt fist fights a two hundred and forty five pound twenty five year old man, he's gonna lose. Yeah. Right. So ten the, out of ten times. When someone yes. looks at you yes. and they say, "I'm a Brazilian Jiu Jitsu black belt," it means something. Well, like first, it, first it, you check their ears. Yeah, if they're not a lot yeah. bubble gum. It's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it means something, and that's what I love about our martial arts. I all like you said, all martial arts are you know, it's the man who carries it. That's a really cool way to say it too. But uh, that's what's super cool about Brazilian Jiu Jitsu yeah. is you know you got to earn it. Well, I can't thank you enough for your time coming in and, and finally getting to meet you. And uh, one of my favorite things about being able to do a podcast is we get to have people in to tell a story that is here forever. It'll never go away. And uh, I'm very grateful to have you come in and tell your story to us. And uh, anything you do in the future, uh, I wish you much success on it. And uh, hopefully we can all get together again soon and uh, and do it again. And and before we go, I would like to give a shout out to um, Taina Fernandez. Taina Fernandez is 12 years old and uh, she's a very special child. She will be in the Olympics by the time 2028 in America. Oh, hell awesome. yeah. I can't freaking wait. She, uh, I like, she's my pride and joy. Mm-hmm. Of, of, I met her when she was four and a half years old. She's 12. But maybe you could tell her what tournament that she just came in third. That uh, she just uh, came in third at the Super 32 for wrestling, which you know. She's is, 12 competing. Holy cow. Yeah, yeah competing at competing against high schoolers and stuff. So yeah. She, so she's legit. Yeah. She, she, <laughs> yeah, that's she was, awesome. She, she was she, the first one. She lost to the number two seed in the uh, preliminaries and come back and beat her in the constellation. For third and fourth. For third yeah. and nice. fourth place. She wrestled all the way through the wrestlebacks, which says a lot about yeah. people with, eight, that they're capable of eight doing that. one as far as matches went. Like no she's way. She's a monster, it's, yeah. That's so awesome. The future for me, she is the only – It's a. it's a – 12 year old I roll with her and I roll like I'm going hard mm-hmm. because when she gets to side control you can't get her off yeah. and um, it's kind of funny that we rolling that hard and then um, she'll be goes to the side like hey Taina come here and then she'll come over like rolling like then you realize that she's 12 yeah, yeah. Like, yeah she, she's she a goes, child she goes yeah. back to being this child goofy I just like to put her name out there so when she goes to the Olympics like oh remember you were talking oh, about that, that, young, awesome. that, young, that young lady hell yeah, yeah. She is look into she's it she's something special yeah Taina Fernandez look her up alright we'll do a it beast guys thank you so much hey everybody I probably won't I don't know if I'll see you before then but hope everybody has a good uh, happy Thanksgiving eats yeah. a lot happy of turkey thanks Robbie uh, I'm off Monday oh well maybe we can get together you take a day off I'm uh, impressed almost, uh, <laughs> Not from training. Not from training. (laughs) No, he'll be in the gym. Well, guys, y'all have a good weekend and uh, take care of each other. Thanks, Robin. All right, later. Bye.
just start to shine.